0: I uh I just almost did I just almost did the thing, the thing that people do because I was out running errands and I got down to where I had 20 minutes to get home and get set up, Um, but I still had one more thing to get, Mm -hmm. Uh, which was at I'm pretty sure I could have gotten at Walgreens and there was a Walgreens on the way, but something inside me said leave it. Mm. But you know, people people aren't good at that. We usually just say, "Oh, I'll just get that one more thing. Mm-hmm. Know, then I'll be done. I'll feel better." And then you're five minutes late.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. it's like that article that may or may not be founded in anything that I sent you that one time that suggests that people who do that sort of thing and are habitually late are just very optimistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll yeah. go with that.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty optimistic, but I try not to be. I try not to be one more thing guy. Mm-hmm. Like I do, I do try to be fit one more thing in like you know um in the sense of can i make this thing that someone asked for at work like really cool Mm. you know not just send them the numbers but like actually format them in a neat little table inside of the email with like you know nicely nicely Mm. designed shading and borders and stuff and you know Mm -hmm. make it look very professional can I, can i make it right can i make it can i make it just a little bit cooler just put a little bit more flourish on Be a little Mm -hmm. bit more thorough. Um, And also in, like, the big life sense, like, I'm frequently trying to fit one more thing into life. Um, See, also, every time I've talked about what last fall was like with me (laughs) taking, you know, three quarters of full-time classes and working Mm -hmm. full-time and et cetera. But, but yeah, I try not to be, like, when I'm on my way somewhere, you know. If I'm heading to your wedding, I'm going to try not to be, like, oh, I better grab milk while I'm out, guy. Mm-hmm. Or you know, we're gonna have to come back here tonight, anyhow. I may as well like put all these socks away right now.
1: Much appreciated. <laughs> I didn't even need milk.
0: Well, yeah, I'm not not necessarily your wedding. Um, by the way, I did have milk just in case, because you never know. Mm. There may have been a lactose, you know, a lactose deficit incident.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, incidentally, also my new band name.
0: Mm. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and you know that way too. If somebody was like, if there was drama and somebody was crying inappropriately, I could just like dump some milk on the floor mm-hmm. and then let somebody say it. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: well, it's like a, a a gesture of perspective, right? You can mm-hmm. say, "Oh, look, everything's fine." It's what just are you crying for? Milk. It's just spilled milk. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's how that as, works, right? As they say, that's where the I mean the phrase comes from. That gesture. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. you spill the milk when somebody's crying and say, what are you crying for? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just spilled milk. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, it's a folklorish American gesture, even. Mm-hmm. It's part of our heritage.
0: I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I've got that idiom right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: So a fool and his money walk into a bar. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, let me start over.
1: Uh, and opportunity knocks. What does uh, he do?
0: Oh, i I like that Segway you're writing on
1: Segway so what, what's the deal with hoverboards?
0: Uh, they're not hovering and they're not boards. okay, uh, that's pretty much it i um I had a tweet about that as well that I really like that I'll recount here, which is um, I'm calling it hoverboards are the vaping of feet.
1: Oh my. No, um, I, also, I, I like all the articles
0: at the end of last year about them blowing
1: up. Yeah, there was a lot of fire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lithium batteries.
0: Yeah. Now, and, I mean, that's that's pure Schadenfreude. That, that's not like, you know, when some kid who's skateboarding somewhere he shouldn't, like, falls down and breaks a bone, you know. Then I'm like, okay, that you brought that on yourself. There's no tragedy there. The mm-hmm. hoverboard guys, okay, it's super douchey, but, like, you know, you have no reason to expect this thing under your feet is going to explode and catch you on fire. So well, now they should. Yeah, now they should. But still, there was a little bit. It's like the articles that say, oh, vaping's not actually that smart. You know, popcorn lung. Um, I, I always kind of like those because it's like, you guys, you look so douchey when you're doing this. Like, this is this is not cool. And you're acting like it's all cool and you're all smart for doing it. So I'm kind of glad.
1: That should be but, some rule, too. That... Yeah,
0: and, and hoverboards, too. Like, these guys didn't deserve to catch on fire. And it's all guys. Like, I've never seen a woman on a hoverboard. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie, I believe I believe your gender has more sense. Mm. Uh but these guys catching on fire, they didn't deserve that. But at the same time it's like, well, maybe you guys shouldn't be on
1: hoverboards. Mm. They're stupid. Mm. Could be. Do people still like Segways though? That was my connection. You know,
0: actually I see them. I see them a lot. Um you know who likes segways is mall cops. Still? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And and like the security personnel, uh I, I work in a tall, tall building. Um and the security personnel who work for that building. Um, and the surrounding downtown area, when they are doing outside and parking garage patrols, will frequently be on uh, on segways. Hmm.
1: I feel like I'd prefer a classic golf cart or something.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think the the problem with a golf cart, though, is in a busy downtown area where you have streets and uh, crowded sidewalks, you're gonna you're gonna do a little better with a Segway.
1: It's part of the communication, though. You're saying I, I'm claiming the space. I am mm, I'm important. Yes.
0: I am important. I am Van Wilder. Mm. There's a reference that two thirds of our audience won't get. Mm. So uh, <laughs> you tried to have a segue, and we talked about segues.
1: Yeah, I got hoverboards. I just I got stuck. Yeah, we. I think the first time I
0: actually saw one in person, and I had I had seen people talking about them online, mm-hmm. and. We talked in our curiosity episode about the thing I do sometimes where I hear a word and I'm like, not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't need to know what this is. Not only do I not know what this is, but I, I have negative curiosity about it. Um, hoverboards were kind of like that because the first time I saw them mentioned, I knew, I knew they could not be referring to the thing from Back to the Future. Um, mm. Part two, specifically. Um I knew it couldn't be that. We weren't that far along. Um, Although there was a news article, uh, I think shortly before CES, about somebody who had developed one that could fly for like six minutes. Um, Very impressive. Also, it's huge. Uh, But anyhow, um, I knew it couldn't be that. So I didn't really know what people were talking about. And the first time we saw one was in, I think it was when Courtney and I were in the Orlando Airport um, last October. And I immediately knew, like, this was what people were talking about, and I was so angry.
1: <laughs> Flames. Yeah. On the side of your face and under their feet. Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: <sighs> so, so angry. I'm really hoping, as, as much as we've complained about the TSA, um, I should share my TSA story, too. Uh, (laughs) as much as we've complained about the tsa on this podcast um i i will say i really hope they are not letting hoverboards on airplanes Mm -hmm. um mainly because they look douchey but also i don't want the plane to blow up
1: yeah that'd be bad
0: yeah um did you did you did i tell you my tsa story or did you see it when i when i tweeted about it
1: i don't think so
0: uh, on the way back from Orlando a couple of weeks ago, um, I go through the um, you know the, the 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 porno scanner, the backscatter machine, and I don't know what they were doing, but like every third person at Orlando when we were flying out was getting um, called aside and like patted down some area because the backscatter machine was was finding something. So I don't I don't know if they were just like being extra careful because of recent events or if they were. Just having an off day, and somebody was mad? I don't know. I don't know. But anyhow, I go through the backscatter machine, and I step out, and I get kind of waved aside. And there's a woman looking at a screen who's directing a, a male colleague to do the pat-downs. And the woman looks at the screen while I'm waiting, and she says, Uh, looks like, uh, could you check out the right ankle? Right ankle, yeah. And the guy proceeds to pat down my left ankle and then wave me on when he finds nothing. Ugh. It it's like not only did I not have anything on either ankle, but even the one that you thought you saw something on, which you didn't, you didn't check. You checked mm. the other ankle. Geniuses. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh.
1: Yikes. Mm. Well, it's like my braid that was very clearly um couldn't just be hair. hmm mm-hmm. You could was, have you could have uh, shaped object. some
0: shaped some plastique and gotten a weave of it into your scalp.
1: Uh huh. Plastique weave.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not title.
1: Mm. no thanks (laughs) no thanks Mm. yep
0: so uh (laughs) while we're here we should take this opportunity
1: that was uh clicks of agreement
0: clicks of agreement (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) as they say i was there are finger guns too you can't see those
0: oh gotcha no that makes total sense You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled The Mark Twain That This Generation Deserves. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 52.
1: There's some old joke. I don't remember where I first encountered this. Um, I don't think I've, I've referenced this on the show. Um, it's one of those things that is sort of obnoxious, but it does come to mind because it's sort of useful mm-hmm. um, just as a as a trope. Um, but the story, the joke or whatever is something like uh, – so there's a big storm coming, big flood coming um, – and a man is, is sitting in his home and, and thinking, well, all my, all my neighbors are evacuating. They're all running away. Um, but I know that God's going to protect me. So I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to mm-hmm. wait it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, water's rising. He needs to take some sort of action and, and neighbors are, are getting all their vehicles and their pets and everything out of the way. And he just goes up to the second story and, uh, you know, waves off people's, uh, calls to go with him or for him to go with and and says, Oh, nope, nope, nope. God's going to protect me. This is going to be, it's going to be fine. Um, water rises, water rises. The man has to go out to his roof. Boats come by, rescue boats come by and, and offer him a seat in their boats. Um, and the man says, Nope, nope, nope. God's, God's got me. This is fine. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to get to be here. Um, Water's really bad. Helicopter comes by, tries to pick him up and he says, "Nope. Nope. I have my my faith in God. This is fine." Uh, dude dies, dies in the flood, goes to heaven. And and wants to know of God, you know, what you didn't save me? I was waiting for you to save me. And God says, "I sent you your neighbors a boat and a helicopter. What more would you like?" Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> mhm.
0: I knew I knew the joke as soon as you started. I liked it. Mm -hmm. I'm a fan
1: yeah yeah Um, and for reference although I might make other comments I'm not necessarily commenting on anyone's faith or creed (laughs) in this particular (laughs) joke that's just the way that I know the joke Um, you could replace it with any type of organized belief system
0: flying spaghetti monster why didn't you save me right Santa (laughs) Kavulhu, why didn't you save me
1: you bet Yeah. Mr. Buddha.
0: (laughs) Buddha, why didn't you save me? What's up, Because life is suffering. Tee-hee, (laughs) ha-ha.
1: Yeah, the joke would end a little differently, I suppose. (laughs) Each each different flavor.
0: Everyone has 87 problems, but your problem is that you have 88 problems, because you think that's a problem. (laughs) Gong sounds in the background.
1: Mm, Deep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I was thinking about the little... Joke story, anecdote, whatever. Um,
0: that in... bit of scripture.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was the the Book of Buddha, right?
0: Uh, it's from the Fourth Testament.
1: Um, there was a flood. Let me see. Where was it? Hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, asshole little brother. <laughs> <laughs> Never quite did figure it out. hmm mm-hmm but yeah i was thinking about that and the idea of opportunity mm-hmm. i think is an interesting one because how and this can be a non-rhetorical question if you want how do we know when an opportunity is facing us how do we mm-hmm. identify it as such and then mm-hmm. what do we do in response
0: uh, that is an excellent question um mm-hmm. I, if you want it to be non-rhetorical, <laughs> I think I can concoct something of an answer, <laughs> or, or at least riff on something, which is the, the fact that I, I think we are sometimes kind of, we're bad at seeing opportunities, um, since you, you shared the chestnut about, you know, God sending trucks and boats and helicopters. Um, uh, I'll, I'll share one in, in return, um, which I think is a, oh gosh, who is this? Is it Henry Ford? Um, is it Edison? Uh, I don't know, but I'll, I'll look it up for show notes. But that, that old quote that, you know, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed up in overalls and looks like work.
1: Oh. I
0: you know uh, what I mean? Mark
1: Twain or Ben Franklin?
0: I'm, yeah, probably. Ronald Reagan probably said it. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, in any case, it's, uh, but it, there's, there's, um, I mean, everybody's, everybody's heard that. Um, I think when people hear the word opportunity, they think about that kind of thing, or they think about the kind of thing that is like unequivocally an opportunity, like on the face of it, like Mm -hmm. someone offers you a new job, someone brings you an investment idea that is too good to be true. P.S. Um, people won't usually bring you investment ideas that are too good to be true. They'll invest (laughs) in them and keep quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) if someone's trying to sell you on an investment, they their job is probably to sell you the investment not to make sure the investment is super super sound mm-hmm. um, not in all cases but you know just just you know for that opportunity just randomly knocking on the door kind of thing nobody's going to come up to you as a stranger and say hey i have a way for you to quintuple your money in 5 days mm-hmm. um, they just go do it and do it again and forget about you so mm-hmm. anyhow but they picture things like that You know, oh hey, this this boat for twenty thousand dollars. This guy needs cash right away, so he's selling it for two thousand dollars. That's an opportunity. Um, Hey, would you like to come work at the bank across the street from the bank you work at for ten thousand dollars a year more? That's an opportunity. Um, or they think of things like again the overalls and work thing like you know someone there's the storefront that that uh, you know was foreclosed on and sat empty for a while and it's being sold at, at fire sale prices but it's in pretty good shape so if you're willing to like roll up your sleeves and do the work you could finally launch that restaurant or that yarn shop or whatever it is you want to do coffee house um, that's what people think of as opportunity but I think too, um, I think the thing that we're a little bit, we're, we're sometimes a little bit bad at recognizing is uh, the opportunities that that don't look like opportunities that aren't even really there yet, but that could be um, mm. if if we would be a little bit more open to them. And um, a, a good example of this I can think of because I'm you know somewhat introverted is is uh, something I've talked about before, like just being willing to like. Be out there and discuss what's going on with people and be open with people about what's going on and be interested in what they're up to because, you know, if somebody wants to grab coffee with you, um, that's an opportunity. Like if it's somebody you haven't talked to in a while, they might have that job lead for an actual opportunity for you Mm -hmm. and they might not even know it before you guys start talking. Mm Mm-hmm. The two of you might stumble upon, like, you know, an Instagram level business idea while you're talking. (laughs) Um, Things like that are all around you. Like uh, the Malcolm Gladwell thing I've talked about before, where he says, like, the way he gets his stories and finds his contacts um, to, you know, write his. His gloriously best selling books are is is he tells everybody what he's interested in at the moment. Everyone he meets, he talks their ear off about what he's what he's into, what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And people keep saying, like, oh, you know, you should talk to to Dr. So and Butt, because in his laboratory he's doing this research or oh, hey, my friend Mora has this business that does da 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 and she might have something to say about that, you know. Um, there are opportunities to advance everything you're into and things you don't even know you're into yet, all around you, if you're going to be open to them and and you know, do do the Jim Carrey yes man thing and say say, Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. Let's talk about that.
1: Mm hmm. So would Dr. Sew and But be a cosmetic surgeon or something?
0: <laughs> could be. Could be. Story sure on. Mm. Or cosmetic or a tailor. Taylor who specializes in uh, in Ooh, fixing uh I like in, that. In, in researching how to best fix blown out pants.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you, you rip the crotch out and mm-hmm. he goes back and sews the butt.
1: You bet. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. What I'm thinking about is it almost feels like another definition for opportunity would be connection, right? So whether that's, um, like you're saying, being open to finding the people who might, you know, link you up with whatever your next big thing is going to be or mm-hmm. um, recognizing that the next good fit for you, the next – thing you want to connect to has presented itself or, right. or could.
0: Yeah. It's that, um, it's that strength of weak ties idea, like that research from, from a couple decades ago that, that said like, you will most likely find your job opportunities not from your contacts, but from, uh, you know, weaker acquaintances or friends of friends or people you're, you've mm-hmm. just met. Cause your contacts already know what you know.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I keep reading about stuff like that. So there's been a slew of musicians and actors and, and other. I mean, there always are, but it seems like. <laughs>
0: yeah, there is there is a slew of musicians and actors. It's true.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Dying. That was the part I didn't oh, get to.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> but and then tragic, that too. And tragic hoverboard vaping accidents.
1: <laughs> we would just shake our heads. In oh, a frustrated Keanu, manner. If we that were barely the case. knew ye. <laughs> yes. Yes, um, but but I feel like in some of the backstories, you know, people are, are doing retrospectives of all these different careers of of folks that the you know Hollywood has just lost, or or the mm-hmm. music world has just lost. Um, oh, I'm trying to think. There's a male actor I was reading about, um, who was spotted on the street. Someone said, "Hey, my neighbor looks like he might." be the perfect fit for this role. I've seen him out walking his dog and he seems to be perfect for this mm-hmm. character you're describing. Oh, that's going to bug me. And that actually might wait, maybe that wasn't one of the people who died. Maybe I got on a trail <laughs> on the internet.
0: Yeah, but I mean that kind of that kind of uh, random opportunity happens. Um, mm-hmm. who's the really famous? Was it is it Julia Roberts who was like discovered in line at a coffee shop or something?
1: Um, um there's some... a a younger woman than that um not scarlett johansson but someone
0: scarlett johansson who was discovered uh, in line for russian assassin school
1: mm-hmm. but and they if... said
0: you would make a really good superhero
1: <laughs> is the story that you're thinking of that the woman went off and was the story i'm thinking of it was someone in line no we, we've talked about this yeah it was a woman in line at a bank, and she went off about some unjust thing that had happened to her bank account or an overdraw, and she was sticking up for herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was um, a casting person, maybe, a couple uh-huh. people back, mm-hmm. um, to pull her aside and said, like, if you can harness that, we want you. Um, hmm.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I, that does ring a bell, but I couldn't, couldn't tell you who that is. Maybe that is Julia Roberts. I don't know. Probably not, though.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: that is something more recent. I can't remember. If only there were some kind of uh, technology that would let us look things up.
1: Speaking of the technology, most Mm -hmm. of the Internet thinks that Ashton Kutcher said that opportunity hard work thing.
0: Oh, my God. You're kidding me.
1: Most of the Internet. Uh, Well, and to be fair, so it looks like he actually did say something very similar.
0: Well, he was probably quoting the original.
1: Right. Oh, uh, but, he's, but not with he's, credit, i mean, sure. like,
0: as much of a goofball as he plays a lot of the time, he is as near as I can tell, like, relatively with it and educated. Huh. Um he, is, he has said a few smart things here and there.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, and, you know, he is pretty much this generation's Mark Twain, let's
1: be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rest of the internet thinks it was Tom Edison, so I think you had it. Yeah, I
0: think I think Edison sounds mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and um yeah, to be clear, I don't really think that he's this generation's Mark Twain, but he might be the Mark Twain that this generation deserves.
1: Youch. Hoverboard. Jen hoverboard. Gen Hove <laughs> <Gen hub. laughs> I'm gonna use that as a disparaging title now, rather than, you know, hipster or or. I don't really call people douches. I don't prefer that word. I think it's funny when most people use that word, mm-hmm. but maybe yeah, I'll disparagingly <laughs> call people they're part of Gen Hub.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think uh, as I progressively, yeah, as, as as I've grown as a human being, I think I've become more enlightened and less sexist. Not not sexist, just less. But I think the last bastion of that is I'm going to be saying douche for a long time to come.
1: Mm. It is kind of a funny word. It's one, yeah, yeah. It's in sort of a gray area for me. Yeah. Uh-huh. um
0: i i think i mean already like i i use it more than ten thousand times more than i say for instance bitch mm. um which i really mostly just you know use when i'm singing along to meredith brooks in the shower
1: good for you alanis morissette has an advice column really yeah i
0: could i could see that actually
1: this is a new thing hmm. at any an rate opportunities right yeah she took a new opportunity
0: yeah, which uh which knocks but twice. Mm. I learned that in a James Bond movie.
1: Knock the door nevermore. Also Tom Edison. Mm.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. I think you're I think you're thinking of The Raven.
1: Mm. By mm-hmm. Stephen King. Yeah. Uh when the raven calls, do you answer?
0: Mhm. Yep. You do. You give it an affirmative amen.
1: Oh. <laughs> When have you ever said that in response to anything?
0: When have I ever said amen in response to anything?
1: Except church. You can't count church. Mm-hmm. Just as an expression. An exclamation. Just like, just
0: like an exclamation of affirmation or agreement. Like, yeah. amen.
1: Yeah. No, that doesn't sound right.
0: I've done that before.
1: Sounds like you're faking it. <laughs> you're being a troll.
0: I wasn't being a troll. I mean, I was I was maybe in, in that context engaging in cultural appropriation, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's against white Christians, so that's okay.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. So you took the opportunity.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. I seized. I seized the day.
1: <laughs> <Carpel> Carpe diem. <damn. laughs> <laughs> Yikes. At any rate, uh, maybe I should talk about why we thought of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's drag this back towards the topic. Minute
1: <laughs> twenty-six, practically. Uh, so I, I was still thinking about it too, and I, you know, we could make some ties to a a uh, previous episode too about getting back into things. Um and my cold, which is subsiding. Okay. <laughs> um
0: I, I didn't think to ask because you sounded pretty normal.
1: Oh good. Good. Oh man, unless that means I always sound slightly stuffy. Do
0: <laughs> no, I always I mean, sound you, slightly stuffy. You you just you sound like you <laughs> 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 he, he said ambiguously and not at all reassuringly.
1: Stuffy and doddering around and
0: No around I'm the people. one who daughters. I'm oh, the
1: okay. one. Although I you suppose. are the daughter, whereas I am the son. Ba-dum-bum.
0: But not yes. the son. This isn't like an Amen thing.
1: Uh, nope. Billy's so, going to be so
0: mad about this episode. You think? Have we been on topic at all?
1: Uh, hey, do we have the feature that allows people to play us at two times speed? Is that a thing?
0: No, I disabled that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Consciously? <laughs> I, I like turn that off
0: in mean. everybody's podcast players.
1: Mm. So I guess he can't do that. So yeah, we can't use that as a mark of. Oh, he would like this to to last uh, <laughs> shorter than it does already.
0: Yeah, I actually I changed it. I did some settings in our in our um, podcast CMS that makes it uh, go to half speed if you try to put it on double speed.
1: Mm-hmm. Even more.
0: So tell me about opportunities.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. In the midst of getting ready to get back into things, uh, as we were talking about last week, I received a very interesting email from my institution offering me the chance to teach a four-credit-hour course, which, for the listeners outside of higher ed, uh, most undergraduate courses are about three credit hours. Um, Pretty typical chunk of time and commitment. Um, So a four-credit-hour course. Uh, It's a course that is a a special field of English that I took one undergraduate course in have not touched professionally or academically since um, and have never taught hmm. so and this this email was less than two weeks from the first day of the term mm-hmm
0: Wow, so you what you're telling me is that you have like TSA level qualifications to teach this class.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's it's left ankle, right ankle business. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah, you're like you're you're practically law enforcement.
1: So I, I mean, I cover my bases. We just check both ankles and all the braids, and I think I will do justice to this course. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Protect so you're serve. offered
0: this course. What What is the course, by the way? I I don't know if we've actually talked about what the course is.
1: Sure. So it is linguistics. Mm-hmm. Which again, probably the most technical um English course at least at at my institution and um not an area that's covered by um institutions our size or even larger it just depends on the scope of mm-hmm. um how many different areas of English studies a given department has the specialties for um <laughs> which we do not, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> No, I shouldn't say that it it It's a perfectly responsible thing that they offered me this course, and I am teaching it I should say um, it is a significant challenge uh not only because I was given less than two weeks' notice um <laughs> to prepare to teach this course sure um but yeah so so when i when I got the email and i I think this says more about me than about what one should do when opportunity knocks. Um, I, answer the time, window. Answer the window. Check the windows. Yep. Um, so when I got the email, I was quite excited. I wanted to know more about it. I wanted to figure out all the details. Um, I was extremely curious. Um, I didn't necessarily know if I was going to take it right when I read the email, but I was still very excited. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, part of it is that egocentric thing of someone asks you to do something. You get that little flush of like, oh, someone thinks I could do this. Someone thinks this would be good for me, Um, which is sort of exciting. Someone thinks that I could uh, be a team player. How great, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which could also slide into, oh, someone thinks I'm a sucker.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which maybe there's
1: a little bit. so, I mean, that part of it did not factor into the decision too much. I mean, there's not much, there's no meaning to make out of really why I was asked, why I was asked, when I was asked. It was just sort of, this is here now and, and I need to respond. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, within 24 hours, I had written back and committed to doing it after a little bit of back and forth just to clarify the details because this, this opportunity is outside of the typical duties that I would have had. Well, I mean, obviously that's, (laughs) (laughs) I was already settled for the semester and ready to go. Um, So there was settled,
0: you're usually settled more than a week before the semester begins with what you're (laughs) going to be teaching.
1: I mean, I have a general idea of what's going to be going on. Yeah, I can it.
0: I can I ask a uh, a a historical details kind of question about the situation? Sure. How did it come about that you were that this was even a thing for you to be offered? Like, was this a last minute addition to the schedule? Did they not have anybody lined up to teach it? Did somebody have to
1: bow out? Um, a little bit of everything. The person who had been teaching it for the last several years um, received a new position, mm. so was leaving. Um, the position that allowed her to continue to teach this course.
0: So she she as well had a new opportunity. What's that? She as well had a new
1: opportunity. Hmm. She did indeed. So I don't. I don't. I still don't know what series of events led to my being asked to teach it 13 mm-hmm. days before the first day of class. <laughs> I don't know. And I. It again. Like it. It doesn't particularly matter. It doesn't change anything for me. Mm-hmm. I'm curious.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Your story is the same either way. But. Right. Right. It's just it's it's sometimes interesting to think about because, you know, um, there are plenty of people who will be like, well, you know, opportunity is all about hard work and preparation and, you know, you make your own opportunities. But an awful mm-hmm. lot of these things are just kind of, you know, in a way, dumb luck. Like it's not dumb luck. Completely because you are who you are and you were there to be offered this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were less talented, less hardworking, less experienced, you know, had not taken the opportunities already offered to you, you wouldn't, nobody would have thought of you mm-hmm. and or you would not have been there to receive this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, like, you know, you didn't go looking for this. This was kind of out of your hands.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I Again, I just had to respond. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Something you said just there makes me think about sort of the, the negative way that opportunity can redirect or shape the path that you're on. I hear from people sometimes who, and you'll hear this in in, in different narratives and in, in local news and stuff like this, the narrative of, um, you know, I just sort of fell into it. I had this one job and then someone offered me this and then I realized I liked this thing, so I did more of it and then suddenly... Mm-hmm. I'm the big boss of The Spoon Factory. Right. You know, yeah, it just, the, it just the, sort the guy of happened.
0: who The guy who stumbles into the idea that, that, you know, he starts a company about and 10 years later, he's a billionaire CEO.
1: hmm And along the way, you know, looking back, it will seem as if everything built from the, the previous thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it seems to have made sense, even though, you know, that person would say, well, 30 years ago, if you would ask me what I'm doing now, I couldn't have even guessed this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So so in my case too, I you know that not totally consciously, but along my academic professional path, that's been a big question when chances come up. If I were to take something, you know, it's that idea of trade-offs. If I take this, does that mean that if this other thing opened up, I mm-hmm. can no longer take that path?
0: Right. It's uh, it's opportunity cost.
1: mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. but and so, sort of my deliberation here was yeah it's a course I've never taught maybe I won't ever teach it again necessarily but I had to think about you know what is the value added to my total experience by taking this on right mm-hmm. so um I mean it's only a 200 level course um But it's with more experienced students, students who have already settled into majors, so that's already a little different than um, the introductory courses I take or I teach. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, You know, so it's a new set of students, and that's exciting. That's an exciting opportunity. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: a a new set of not new students.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Students who are at a different moment in their academic journeys.
0: Indeed. Um, say. Yeah, well, and there's I mean there's um are you are you being further compensated because you added this to your schedule?
1: I am, which is part of the <laughs>
0: <laughs> part of oh, the equation.
1: I'm curious, but we need to find out what is going on here. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, that's um I think that's, again, where a lot of people think of opportunities. They will think in terms not of, like, you know, an opportunity to learn or to explore or to discuss, but they'll think of opportunities being, like, a business opportunity or a job opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, And in in that regard, at least, I don't think the opportunity cost here would have been terribly high because, you know, I I know teachers are not paid astronomical amounts of money, (laughs) total (laughs) or per class, even at the collegiate level. Um, But... Could a comparably interesting and in your wheelhouse thing have fallen into your lap this semester? That would have paid, however much you're getting for this, that soon, you know, mm-hmm. Poss- possibly, possibly, but more than likely that time, you know, you would have found things to do with it. But you know, if we're talking purely in the way people think about opportunities, it's like job, business, money kind of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the opportunity cost here was relatively low. You know, you're talking about doing some more of stuff you're already doing mm-hmm. that you already know more or less that you can do. You know, earlier when it was the, the TSA qualification crack, I want to be clear, like I was, I was, you know, going along with your story and bagging on the experience. Clearly, you've got the ability to do this um, and enough background knowledge to figure out what you don't know. Um, would would. You know, so what you're what you are giving up to take this on in terms of, of foregone opportunities for the rest of the semester, I think is relatively low.
1: Mm. Well, you know,
0: I, nobody nobody was gonna come to you in three weeks after the semester began and offer you a class for the rest of the semester, most sure. likely. It's sure. not like a really fun class that would be your dream to teach is going to start in March.
1: <laughs> I'm just imagining that happening and me opening my email and saying, What the no! What? What? What is this? Um, no. Most likely not. But to take this on, part of my deliberation was, okay, this isn't what I was going to be doing this semester. Mm-hmm. So without changing the level of time and attention and resources I'm giving to any area of my life, um, or to all areas, I should say, um, I did have to think about Were there things on my plate that I needed to cut back to make Mm -hmm. this happen? Because like you said, it's not a drastic change in focus. Um, It's more so just scope. I'm doing more of of the type of work that I'm already doing, right? So Mm -hmm. course prep and teaching and feedback to students and and all these things. It's just more and slightly different.
0: (laughs) You were going to teach in classes and now you are teaching in plus one.
1: Mm-hmm. Or
0: maybe n plus one point two if you are also going to have to do more research and prep for this because it's mm-hmm. not your you know pre existing curricula with, mm-hmm. with which you are familiar.
1: Yeah, so I did have to scale back some of my other commitments and and be realistic about what's on my plate. Um, that sort of was the satisfying moment too. You know, we we talk about a lot of different strategies and processes and we try to use personal examples here on the show um and I don't know here in the new year I'm just feeling a little self-righteous um, <laughs> go me gold star Katie um I don't know I just it it felt good being honest with myself and using so here was the thing too you know I sort of used this opportunity as an opportunity to uh, be more realistic about some other areas too, you know, Mm -hmm. and say, okay, this is the whole plate. Right. Yeah.
0: Like your, um, your, your, uh, night school to become a clown commitment. You've Mm -hmm. cut back on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought it, I thought it was going to happen. I thought it was going to be part of the dream. Writing teacher (laughs) by day. Yeah.
0: Ruining children's birthday parties by night.
1: Vigilante clown. Uh, Yeah by night i had to, i had a vision and it just i had to be realistic and i don't think the vision's gonna happen so there it goes off the plate the clown's off the plate as they say
0: <laughs> yeah they do say that i've heard that uh-huh that idiom has never made sense until this moment
1: pour out some milk for that clown
0: mm, no yeah. use crying over spilled clown
1: mm. ooh, 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 ooh. oh boy Oh boy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one Katie's opportunity is another Katie's crushed dream. No, mm. that's not how I feel. <laughs> one man's okay. ceiling
0: is another man's floor, as they say, because only men can own floors and ceilings.
1: Mm. Upside down, yeah.
0: Uh good movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I uh. <laughs> Oh, I'll be the one to drag us back towards the topic this time. Um, but with that, with the uh, the change in, in scope of this activity, you had actually come to me about changing some scope in some other activities, which maybe mm. we can talk about for a moment. Because mm-hmm. it's pertinent to the topic and to the listener, singular. Um, but uh, yeah, in, in uh, as, as regular listeners know, in like nine weeks... Um, if all, if all goes on schedule, which of course always happens in these situations, um, Courtney and I are having a baby. Whoop, whoop. Um, you are teaching an additional class, so uh, this episode, which will be number 52 of our priority program, um, is going to be the last weekly episode, and for year two, um, starting next week with 53, we're going to go to a bi-weekly schedule um we're also we've we've had various lengths of shows some very long ones some very short ones um next week might run a little bit long but but after that we're mostly going to try to keep them to the short ones um so around 45 minutes to maybe an hour tops um often probably even a little bit shorter from now on though mm-hmm. and every other week because um, again we wanted to we wanted to make sure that you know we could fit everything in and still do a good job of it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and really i only like our show about every other week so i think it's going to work great
1: yeah, as long as we show up and do the good ones. God oh, damn it. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll yeah, we're going to, we'll have to schedule that very carefully.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is this an on week or an off week?
1: Uh-oh. Got to, got to sink our, uh, never mind, I'm going to stop.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, to your point, like, you know, it is, it is, um, even setting aside opportunity, well, it is opportunity cost, though, you know. The time you are spending, um, learning how to teach linguistics, <laughs> Uh, which is not beyond your grasp, but is you know it's something you've not taught, as you said. Um, uh, is time you can't spend doing something else. Mm-hmm. If you go to the store and buy twenty dollars of magazines, you can't go across the street to the coffee stop, to coffee shop, and spend that same twenty dollars on coffee.
1: Mm-hmm. It is gone.
0: Yeah, exactly. Spent. Um, spent, and it's it's very easy to picture when we talk about money. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not so easy given. You know the state of many Americans' finances, Um, (laughs) including my own. But uh, there's definitely there there is definitely also a scarcity to time, and if anything, it's a more pernicious scarcity Um, because things can happen to give you more money. Things can happen to give you more time too, but only to a certain you know. There's a certain limit. Mm -hmm. Um, assuming you're going to, even if you're going to forego sleep, which you really can't do as an ongoing sustainable strategy, you know, there are only 24 hours in the day period full stop. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe a,
1: yeah, slight side note. And then I'll, we can certainly come back to the meta talk about the show. mm -hmm. Um, but that idea of, of, I, I mean, this, this isn't too sideways. Um, talking to some of my students about an opportunity we might have later this semester, um, uh, one thing that I, I try to help people think about is if something doesn't feel like a good opportunity at this moment, what's the likelihood that it would feel any better later on in whatever period? So in this case, in the semester, you know, it's I, I mean, thinking of how much of an opportunity is an opportunity, um, I try to help. Students and, and other people especially think about if something doesn't particularly feel like an opportunity now, but you have the sense that maybe it it, it should be jumped at, um, mm-hmm. I try to help people think about, you know, maybe it doesn't feel like so much of an opportunity now or a good fit. You know, this isn't a good moment for this thing to happen, so maybe I shouldn't go for it now. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, my question to try to help people think through it is, but will it feel any better later or is mm. it just going to continue to feel less and less um, opportunistic? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in rhetoric, there's this idea of kairos, right? The right moment, the right timing, mm-hmm. um, doing things at the proper moment at which they ought to be best done. Um, you know, so one one easy example for understanding the principle um, when an emergency happens or some sort of public tragedy, um, public figures are expected to speak out, you know, in response to that sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Their chirotic moment, their chirotic window is pretty small. Um, right. One needs to respond. That is the appropriate response in most people's lives. Um, right. So with opportunity, it can be tricky, though, especially with either moving targets or um, things that may or may not come back up again. Um, maybe it feels like too much, you know. It would it would overflow the plate. It would overfill the box. Whatever you would overspend your money, withdraw, over overwithdraw? over What's the word? Overdraw. Mm-hmm. You know, overdraw your accounts, your your resources. Um, but if it's something that you know you want to do at some point, is there ever going to be a better point? You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes sometimes the answer is no, and it just. Yeah, You know, you have to decide, am I willing to commit or not?
0: Right. And it's, I mean, it's something going back again to the salesman who has the once-in-a-lifetime investment opportunity that he has called you about, even though you don't know him and he doesn't know you. Um, The thing he's playing on is that old old trope, opportunity knocks but once. Um, Mm -hmm. But the the truth in that, even outside of the the douchey sales pitch, is that, you know, in in fact, um, a lot of things do only come up once. Uh, you might have another chance to take that trip. You might have another chance to try and start that idea. You know, for that company based on that invention that you and your friend you know doodled on a napkin. These things might come around again, but but chances are like they're never gonna come around again quite like this. Mm-hmm. Um, things move on. You know, stuff becomes more expensive, or trips become more popular, and the remote destination you dream of visiting becomes crowded and ruined. Um, other people execute the same idea. And have their own company about it. And then, you know, you're left with nothing. Mm-hmm. Things things in the world keep moving on. Um, so not only might there not be a better time for you in the future, um, if you say, if not now, then when. But, like, there might not ever be another time for this thing. Even a very innocuous thing. Um, you know, your, your favorite vacation destination may close down. There may be a Hurricane Katrina kind of event. Um, you know, when you go back, the landscape might not even be there. Mm-hmm. Things happen in the world as time moves on. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff changes. uh There's a I'm I'm I was uh, re-listening to an audiobook by Dave Ramsey um on on personal finance recently, and something he talks about in there that I I think is applicable here is he talks about money. You know the thing people don't understand about money, and one of the reasons it gets away from them and gets out of control is people don't understand that money is active. Um, mm. you are always winning or losing progressively with money when you leave it alone. You know, it's, it's always moving. It's always either growing or shrinking. It's always flowing out or flowing in. Like it doesn't ever stop. It's not static.
1: Mm. Um, never the same money twice,
0: never the same. You can never step into the same money twice. Mm. Um, uh, the philosopher Scrooge McDuck said that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it has an active principle about it. And I think that's true of just about everything. Um. You know, your job, the company you work for, the market in which that company operates, the industry in which that company is situated, the community in which you live and work. Um, you as a human being, your your body is literally decaying right now. It's, it's, you know, it is changing. It might be getting a little better in some ways or a lot better in some ways depending on your routines, exercise, diet, etc., but... You know, you are changing one way or another, and unless you're actively changing for the better, you are probably mostly changing for the worse physically. You will not be able to do in 40 years what you can do now.
1: <laughs> you were so hopeful, and then it just spiraled.
0: Yeah, yeah, the robots Yay. are coming.
1: That happens. <laughs> it's, it's that
0: problem. That yeah. happens. But, the, you know, point being, um, things things change in you and in the world, period, full stop. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. It, you can never step in the same river twice. To to quote that properly, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I you know, opportunity knocks but once, mm. and when opportunity knocks, God opens a window,
1: and don't say no to the helicopter. We did it. That,
0: that was the helicopter.
1: There was a study we can link to it in show notes. Um, Showing how people's orientation to regret changes over time. Mm-hmm. Um, basically finding that, turns out, uh, actually, younger people are more likely to regret um, things they have chosen. And it's probably that idea of opportunity costs because they're not sure where this this choice will lead them, what they haven't chosen, etc. Um, but older folks looking more retrospectively back on their lives are more likely to regret and feel less satisfaction about things they didn't do. Mm -hmm. So the, the missed connections and is that a Craigslist thing? Is that that Uh, what that's called? I think so. Yeah. Um, missed creeper connections. Um, Mm,
0: I saw you across the subway. You had a nose ring and a tattoo of a falcon on your forehead.
1: Oh, um, Yeah. Missed connections, missed opportunities, um, moments where one held back in some way. mm mm-hmm. So I'll just put that out there.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, certainly. Uh, I think, I think the one other thing I'd say with that is I think the thing that we're probably worst at is, is figuring out, um, you know, which, which opportunities we really can afford to miss and which we can't, um. Mm-hmm. And and maybe part of why we're bad at that, too, is, is something I've I've <laughs> I perennially teased as a topic we should do sometime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you had enough – you made some changes to other things, but you had enough spare capacity to take on this opportunity that was presented to you that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a lot of cases that, you know, why opportunities pass people by is because they can't do them right then. Mm-hmm. Um, they are overbooked already or think they are. They don't have the money to invest in this or or they think they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, you, if you really want, you know, say you really want or even need a new computer um, and there is a gigantic sale, you know, either a new model's coming out or it's Black Friday or whatever, but, you know, and this thing that's normally $1,500 is like $800, but you don't have $800, you know, mm. that would have been a great opportunity to save $700, but you didn't save, in the other sense of save, $800 yourself in the first place, so you can't take advantage of that. mm mm-hmm. um, You know, things things like that. Like, I, I think a lot a lot passes us by because we don't, not only do we do we not have the capacity, but sometimes we just don't even know what capacity we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have looked at the spring and said, well, I can't take this on because none of this other, I've got all this other stuff. Like, you know, luckily you're smart enough to say, well, this other stuff is movable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, you know, I will talk to Max and we'll figure out a different schedule for the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I will, uh, talk to Billy about our, our cat rodeo that we're trying to build. I don't know what else you moved around to make this work, but, um, you know, you, you move some stuff around cause you, you realized you could. Um, some people don't have, or don't think they have that flexibility, mm-hmm. um, so I think, I think sort of step zero, if you want to be able to even to even have opportunities be a choice, you know, to even have the option of doing or not doing the thing that you will later regret not having done. Uh, step zero is to know just what is your capacity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How much money could you drop on an, a great opportunity or a great opportunity to save money, you know, that drops into your lap today? Mm-hmm. Um, how much time could you put into a great opportunity that drops into your lap today?
1: hmm. Five. Is the answer.
0: <laughs> you, you could spend five on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Five monies or five times? Yes. <laughs> five podcasts. <laughs> you could devote five podcasts to now. Uh,
1: I see your five podcasts, and I raise you one cat rodeo.
0: <laughs>
1: well, what do you think?
0: I like it. Should we take this opportunity to uh, close off the podcast?
1: And also with you. You
0: have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review, as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-N. TY FM. Thanks again for listening.
1: In this case, in the semester, hey, you know,
0: could you um, do me a favor and back up to? <laughs> like 3 sentences ago when you started saying like an opportunity on later or something like that sure. cuz i accidentally put you on hold and i didn't hear any of it oh my
1: gosh <laughs> sure i thought i heard a little bloop bloop
0: <laughs> yeah i um i uh i was trying to dismiss a notification from dad on twitter oh that's um,
1: funny i thought yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: it it didn't go so well
1: i thought maybe it was you taking a drink of water but i thought that's funny max sounds like he's taking a drink of water in a cartoon
0: Mmm, I was taking a drink of Skype.
1: Mmm, big frosty glass of Skype.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm actually I'm drinking room temperature Skype. It's a it's a Chinese medicine thing. They say you should never drink Skype that's mm. been chilled. Mm. It uh, interferes with digestion.
1: Sure. All the curative properties, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You bet. So.